0: fourteen interview with Casabez Macmaa.
1: Hello, and welcome everybody uh, to the Earth Center. Coventry Podcast. Um, it's great to be here with you again. Uh, your hosts for this episode are myself, Bhiksa Sebik and
0: and me, Yetepia Tutsawa. How are you doing?
1: We help to run the, um, the Earth Centre Coventry here in the UK, the Tam the School of um, Philosophy, um, of Cometic Philosophy and Spirituality and, and the Temple here. Firstly, I'd like to acknowledge Nebna Musa Musa Bik for his work and sacrifices, as founder of the Earth Center and also all those that have come before us that have contributed to preserving and promoting humanity's ancestral culture. We'll kick off uh, this podcast interview with a saying that Nebnabala Musa um, brought to us. Wise people are like stars in the sky. They enlighten the sky and reduce the thickness of the night. If you cannot be a star in the sky, be at least a firefly on earth. And uh, today we have a fellow initiate um, from well from Manu, uh, which is the, the Medu or the Egyptian hieroglyphic language for the USA, um, whose name is um, Kasabez Makmar. How are you today, Casuvez? And where are you? Where are you? Where are you now? Right now.
2: Uh, greetings. How are you doing? Um, I am here in Bobo of Burkina Faso. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. It's an honor to be on the show. I know you've been talking about doing this interview for a little while now.
1: Well, thank you once again for making the time. I know you've got a busy schedule, and um, I thank the ancestors also for bringing us all together. Um, all of our ancestors for bringing us all together today. Um, Casabes is one of the long-standing uh, Earth Centre initiates. Uh, I've seen, read many of his articles uh, in many productions um, and he's presented at many events uh, over the years, playing his part as a firefly, as I would say here. Um, so maybe initially um, we'd like to hear some of your journey prior to becoming an, an initiate. Uh, what brought you to the Earth Center?
2: Well, um, I don't know if my uh, journey is the typical one. I um, Before joining the Earth Center, um, well, let me start by saying I joined the Earth Center when I was 21 years old. So I didn't have a long history of things that I did before that. Um, I uh, started kind of a journey of um, seeking when I was high school age. Um, And I had, you know, some experiences, illnesses that I dealt with, um, even uh, and and that kind of um, like I almost died from meningitis when I was like 16 years old. And uh, from that point, I kind of had an awakening, like, um, life can end anytime. And so I felt like I needed to experience life, you know, I needed to experience more of life and really kind of try to understand what's happening. And I, so I just started diving into things that normally I wouldn't have considered like, uh, you know, it, and of course at that age, what, what does that involve like drugs and things like that? So, but it, at, at, uh, At the same time, I was really just exploring, trying to, you know, read a lot, trying to understand the world around me and try to figure out what's really going on. Because, you know, I'm starting to just sense things are not right.
0: Mm. Like
2: there's a lot that that just isn't making sense in the way the society is uh, put together.
0: Yeah.
2: (laughs) And, um. And so, yeah, I just started a a journey, and then it didn't really take that long because I was in Chicago, and that's where Master Nava founded the Earth Center in Chicago, that I started picking up some of his uh, works, and really uh, the first thing was the Firefly magazine, which uh, you guys referenced through your quote. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, at that time, they um, had the pictures of all the writers in the magazines, So I saw Master Nava's face and the other students who would write for the magazine. And then I started actually seeing them as in my, you know, journeys around trying to, you know, see what's happening around the city. And uh, eventually they had invited me out to class. And then, you know, my journey with the Earth Center began there. But it really was a process of questioning, you know, Um, thinking like there has to be something better out here than what I'm seeing.
1: And, uh, eventually I found something. And, and so what was it that, um, Master Naba and the other initiates and what you were reading, what was it that, um, was different or, um, piqued your interest or got you looking further?
2: called uh, black bookstores I don't know if they have those in the UK that much but probably there's some Uh, but you know a lot of um, african scholars and you know black uh, activists in different fields Um, and I stumbled across one of these bookstores it was in my neighborhood and uh, that's where i started picking up the firefly but i started also picking up other books about africa um african holistic health um many other but i I shouldn't say many you know several or at least like maybe three or four other books destruction of black civilization Mm -hmm. uh and so on that really gave me the understanding like human origins are in Africa and uh, civilizational origins are in Africa and just breaking down some things about African culture that made me think wow you know really if I'm looking for something better maybe I can find it here but then in the Firefly I was reading the Firefly and at the time the Firefly was free and it came out every month Hmm. And every month, he he had uh, Master Nava had these biowali readings. Um, he had articles, probably I think three articles in each magazine, if you can imagine. He's coming out with the article uh, magazine every month, and he's writing three articles for the magazine. And that's where we get our uh, initiatic tales from. That's where we get our philosophy podium books from. Um, but all those writings. It's clear, like, this is someone who is a direct representative of the culture that I want to learn more about. And none of the other writings that that, that I uh, came across was that the case, it was more so from a scholastic point of view, yeah. they're studying something from an outsider perspective. But obviously, where's the information about the culture coming from? It's coming from, you know, anthropology, archaeology. Mm-hmm. Uh, Egyptology, these kinds of fields. You know, there's even the one who wrote African holistic health, uh, whose name is Doctor Africa, but he's not born and raised in Africa. Yeah. So I'm sure his his understanding of everything is going to be limited based on his exposure. Now, his book taught me a lot of things that were that you know I found helpful, but at the same time, um, I wanted to get you know, why will you take the copy if you can get the original? So that was, uh, that was my, you know, where my decision came in.
0: Nice.
1: And tell me you, so you, you, yeah, tell me I was on mute. We're just trying to manage (laughs) the sound here and, and, um, yeah, stop the echoes going. So, um, just to say, So there were there was Master Naba, and there were initiates. You met. What was your first impressions of Master Naba? Then you were seeking someone um, who could not, who's not only from uh, the source, but also um, someone now who's able to come over to where you were and start to share that um, with you. So, what were your first impressions? What was? Are there any things you want to share about? meeting or spending time with master naba. Well, um
2: <sighs> Well, master naba, you know, I got to know him first through his writings. Oh, I was reading his writings for at least over a year before I actually met him personally. Um, The first time I met him, I want to say, was at the African Fest. He used to vend for the Earth Center at the African Fest, and I saw him there. Uh, I think I was there with my mom. And um, I just recognized him from the magazine, of course, and, um, you know, so I greeted him, and that was that. But there was no real conversation. Um, The first time I... Went to the Earth Center and decided I wanted to join classes. Uh, I mean, at my age at the time, I was trying to do things in my own different way, and I didn't want to work a regular job. I wanted to do this or that business thing, blah blah blah, and uh, had all these type of unrealistic um, ideas and um so i'm there telling him you know how i'm expecting i'm gonna pay tuition and so uh, he's like oh, okay <laughs> he didn't really say much he was just like oh, okay well you know uh and that was that was pretty much that that was my first or i should say second memory of actually meeting him in person but um in the class in the classes especially we when we got into like um had TV and so um, he was someone who really um knew how to talk straight
0: mm.
2: and knew how to identify you know where the problem is that you might have to fix within yourself and um so that was a uh, that was uh, something I found great value in and uh even though um, you know, obviously, it's not a pleasant experience, but uh, it's a necessary one. Yeah. Then um other times, if it was outside of class, usually he was a pretty easy going, he was pretty easy going. Um, for example, after class, he would just want to sit, you know, he might take some time, talk with the students and just, Small talk. Other times he would sit down and watch his favorite shows on TV. He liked certain TV shows. Like, uh, <laughs> married with Children oh. was one of his favorites. <laughs> I remember one time he said, uh, yeah, he, he's married and he has children. That's exactly like life. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, and then... Uh, you know, or he might turn on some sports, uh, baseball, football. He would watch, you know, the American football. He, you know, one time he asked, like, can you someone explain this baseball to me? Like, how does this work? <laughs> I tried to go through some really long, in-depth explanation and draw out all the positions. <laughs> of oh, wow. on a sheet of paper. He's like, that's too much. <laughs> that's can, too someone, much. can someone help me? <laughs> so, yeah, master. Now, but he—he he was someone who—who who he didn't just—he um, didn't just express himself one way. The way he's expressing himself is going to be dependent on the situation and what the situation calls for. When it's time for class, he'd be very serious about teaching. If it was outside of class, you know, he could be—he could be fun. He could be funny. He could tell jokes. He could tell stories. He could, you know or he could have a serious conversation with you if that's what he needed to do.
1: Yeah. Well, and so nice to hear stories, um, about, um, about Nebnabba, um, in the early days of the Santa too, uh, and, you know, hearing him, going and vending, selling at the stalls that we Ooh. may find ourselves doing now to share this, you know, this knowledge, this information uh, for people, to give people access to after such a long time, it's been um, tucked away from us, taken away from us, um, you know, the, some of the truths about the world um, that we've not had access to. Um, and, yeah I'm interested to hear how was your initiation I mean says initiation is different but how how did you find yours so you you were seeking you were looking and you found something and then you bit by bit after reading you you stepped in stepped across the line and went in now you know how was that um you know where yeah he's sort of pointing back to yourself and but how was it for you how was the, the the initiation for you
2: uh it was kind of um it was a process at the time um i was very young um i would say immature maybe even for my age and uh at 21 you're already immature but i was probably immature as it tw- <laughs> for 21 <laughs> so um I didn't make it on my first try. I had uh you know I had um financial issues that really I blame, but really it was my lack of uh order in my life. And uh so yeah, it was difficult. It was difficult because you need to have a basic kind of level of um, having your life together to be able to even like really be able to fulfill all the obligations of an initiate and um yeah i struggled with that but um the teachings that i receive uh especially from him really like it's like the focus is on you yourself and overcoming be going on within you yourself like say um, being honest with yourself having the humility uh, even having a good attitude a positive attitude about situations that might be happening or even you know interactions you might be having with other people you know he will always say like whatever person you might be having a problem with in your life you, you can't just blame the person without thinking about how, how your own attitudes and uh, behaviors of playing into the situation so there's a lot of um, these type of uh, philosophical ideas introduced and then of course um, there was the comedic holy stories or the comedic you know how we understand the divine creation the divine order and even the human um history like the history of human creation Mm -hmm. that provides really for us like an anchor for how we understand ourselves as human beings and how we understand our relation to our environment and even to our creators the divine um creators of the universe and so that that um it was something that really took time to seek in like how important it is how foundational it is for you know my understanding uh it really took time for everything i was learning to sink in like um i even took classes and then you know finished some classes but ended up leaving the earth center for a couple years um before coming back you know after kind of still continuing my my search, not really finding anything that compared to what the Earth Center was uh, offering, I I decided to come back and, you know, continue and really, like, with the newfound um, level of seriousness.
0: Okay.
1: And so, um, do, yeah, you said you're immature. Many of us are, certainly when it when it comes to understanding ourselves uh, through maybe the education that we have, modern education. Uh, but we also lack a lot in relation to what you just said about understanding how we fit, how we were, cre- how humanity was created and how it fits in with the other aspects of existence, like the divine and nature and other things. And so how, how have you evolved um, now? You, you took a bit of a break a couple of years and then came back. Um, wh- what keeps you coming back? Why do you keep battling with this, mm. you know, with this something in addition to maybe working or, you know, those types of things that we can get focused on? even the sport you were mentioning or, you know, those other things. What brings you back?
0: I mean, you you, you said Mm. you you stayed out for, you you left the Earth Centre for a couple of years. When you returned, you were still quite young, right? Compared to a lot of people who have joined. So what was the, what was it that kept you?
2: Well, you know, since I was a teen, I had this idea that I want to, you know, as as, uh, maybe stereotypical and cliche as it might sound, I want to change the world, you know? Yeah. That was my idea since, you know, I I was in high school. I'm like, you know, this isn't making sense. It's got to change. You know, I want to be a contributor to that. And then, you know, in the time I was away from the Earth Center, I found myself... You know, engaged in like different types of activism and things of that nature. Oh. And um, when I thought about what I was doing, I mean, I, there was really a moment where I thought about what I was doing, all the things that I was doing, and wanted to do on that path. And I realized all that is what the Earth Center is already doing. I was like, there's no reason for me to keep trying to do this by myself when there's already someone who's more knowledgeable than me trying i mean doing all of that and at the same time you know uh there's so much i can learn from and so and another thing that really um was attracted attractive to me at the time was the the growth that i saw within the earth sensor community because from the time that i left to when i came back there was a lot of students a lot more students came And um, then when I I kept coming around, I got to meet everybody and I saw how much they really were valuing what I had already kind of uh, walked away from.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And I said, um, you know, something that I really need to invest myself in. So it was like before when I originally came, it was like something I was trying out but when i came back and when i came when i left it was like 2006 i came no 2004 and i came back in 2006 and when i came back i came back like with my mind made up this is really what i want to invest myself in and that so i haven't i haven't uh stepped away since then i just kept my focus and made sure no matter what difficulties i may face on the path that i keep my focus on the reason why i came which is for me myself, it has nothing to do with anybody else, whoever I might have a problem with at the time, you know, me being here and me being a part of this mission has nothing to do with them at all. So no one can be the reason why I get discouraged and walk away from this.
0: And that is <laughs> good to hear. <laughs> um, you talked about when you left, you talked about when you left, how you wanted to change the world. You wanted to have a part in that. Um, and I think for a lot of us, that is the case. Um, while we are here in the Earth Centre, we have our own personal goals as well. But it's 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 like you want to make a difference, not only in your life, but the world that you want to see. So. Um, with the, the Earth Centre and its mission, you know the activism is needed and i know you have a role in the earth center um in the umtam school could you explain a little bit about that
2: uh, my goal, my role in the umtam school um well first of all i would say i'm a student mm-hmm that's my primary role in the MTOM school as a student because the initiation in the process of learning is something that doesn't stop. And it's something that really, you know, the depth of knowledge is so vast that you'll never reach the bottom of it. You'll never get to the root of it. Yeah. You, you always have to keep trying to um, learn more. And that's the thing that it's like always exciting, you know, there's, it's never a point where it's like, oh, you know, yeah. I think, I mean, for me, I don't know how, how it is for everybody else, but for me, Almost it's lately. always exciting to learn and continue to, um, uh, deepen my knowledge and understanding
0: of things. Yeah.
2: Now, um, secondly, my role would be as a teacher, which as a teacher, you just pretty much like, um, trying to do for others what has already been done for you, like whatever I'm benefiting from as a student, uh, whatever I'm learning as a student that I'm using to transform my Mm. life and benefit my own understanding of the world, which helps me benefit uh, the way I interact with the world, Um, the way I fit in harmony with the world, Uh, that I can pass to other people. I can find a good way to, you know, help inspire people the way I've been inspired. And so that really, you know, those two things are the cornerstone of anyone coming to the initiation, you know, regardless of what role they might take on as a, uh, in different committees or in different branches or in different areas, you know, like the knowledge Understanding the knowledge and then passing the knowledge on—that's like the cornerstone of all.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, and I would just want to make sure to say that for all those listening in who sometimes may get you know bogged down into the uh, some of the you know technical aspects of you know trying to do the outreach and trying to do the uh, you know the different tasks that involved that's involved in actually running the organization. But all of the all those aspects are secondary to the, to the knowledge, you know, yeah. the knowledge, the, the organization is just a vehicle to keep the knowledge spreading. Um, now, uh, aside from those things, my other role would be, um, outreach for the, for the Tom school. So there M. time school of comedic spirituality and philosophy is one of the three branches of the earth center. And that's the, um, the branch that carries out the initiation and is also in charge of other forms of kind of, uh, you know, putting on lectures and different things of that nature to, yeah. um, make the information, make the <clears throat> initiatic knowledge more accessible to the public. So, uh, yeah, my role is the director of, um, so-called we call it marketing but I really consider it outreach because it's more than just you know you try to sell something that you know for a profit it's not really about making money Hmm. um for me it's it's a volunteer position anyway so it's not about making money although it is important for the school to be able to pay its rent and things of that nature but um you know the primary reason why we do this is because we want other people to be able to benefit from uh, what we're learning as well. Mm. So, you know, I consider it to be like outreach, and uh, so I'm the director over um,
1: those efforts. Okay, thank you for that. So I want to draw, well, see see where to go with this, which is that um, uh, you you've described a little bit around initiation and the Tam school, um, you know, what role it, it can even play in, in an individual's life. Um, uh, but also now in a community and um, in the West, um, we, we have a, um, the passing, the transition of um, the Makaru, the truth teller, which is a date in the sidereal calendar the traditional calendar uh, that he brought back to humanity um, after many years of it being cut out has a um, many aspects to it um, not necessarily to go into that but um, we commemorate his um, transition his passing for it's around about the 21st of July Um, 15th of Hebsen Seni, the month um, in uh, as it's as it is in in Medu Um, what would you say about the commemoration uh, and commemorating him Um, you knew him you've 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 worked now with his his works and and what that's given to others you know over many years decades now Um, how would you see that how would you see that
2: you know, Mastanaba's life was really about his work. It was really about his work. It was really about this effort of restoring the comedic, you know, the ancient Egyptian or um, the traditional African um, education, values, principles, uh, spirituality, knowledge in general, to humanity as a whole. And, um, so that's why, even though he passed away and now it's been 13 years, the movement that he started is something that is continuing to thrive and even gain, um, gain ground. Uh, it's continuing to spread. Um, when he passed away, we had four schools. Um, Chicago, New York, San Diego, Guadalajara, four schools. Um, now we have worldwide uh, nine schools, is that right? No, 11, yeah. 11 schools.
0: Yeah. And, um, and
2: online, you see, I'm even losing count. Now, uh,
0: don't forget the online.
2: That, sorry.
0: I said, don't forget the virtual one too.
2: Right. Okay. Yes. If we're (laughs) counting even the online, uh, location, which is the location without a location, then we have 12. So now, um, aside from that, we have a temple, uh, we have a farm, we have, um, land in other countries. So it's something that's continuing to grow. I mean, our reach is increasing online. Uh, we have YouTube pages, Facebook pages, Instagram pages, all this online presence. We're doing mm-hmm. monthly lectures online and all these different things that, you know, it weren't, it wasn't taking place when he passed away, when he made his transition. And so it really speaks to the greatness of what he presented to us that is able to continue to inspire people like you who didn't meet him physically. But it's like you get to know him through his work. So his life is really, it really was about his work. So his, uh, you know, our continuing to um, honor his work is really uh, honoring him at the same time.
0: Yeah.
1: And I, I want to draw some threads now from some of the things you've been saying, like you were looking for a civilization, back to a time a civilization and one of the you, you wrote a, a small short piece recently about to commemorate this particular year um, of uh, Macro's transition. And within that you mentioned um, the diversity and the problems that we face, the more and more divisions actually, the divisions that you're seeing in the world. And how do we come back to becoming united based on you know much of the teachings, of in the tradition and you know um those those things to to bring us back together from this these divisions that that we're seeing particularly in the west but also maybe in merita too anything you'd like to to draw around those
2: uh sure so i mentioned earlier the holy stories the, uh, sacred texts, the holy stories, the, uh, creation stories, and, you know, the yeah. origins of humanity, so on and so on, the mm-hmm. divine origins. Um, when you hear that in Kemet there were holy stories. Um, it's not even considered like religion because it's put a step below religion. It's considered like mythology, yeah. uh, in the modern context. Um, so even religions, which have been losing their cred- credibility steadily over the past hundred years or so, uh, and many people are really walking away from, even those have a higher standing than what we consider to be mythology nowadays. Mm.
0: So it's interesting to kind of put that in
2: context because because of the way it's already perceived in the public. Um, but those holy stories there are at the cornerstone of the comedic understanding of the world and the understanding of ourselves. Uh, we don't see it as something religious. We don't see it as something uh, mythological either. Um, so if I could, you know, because based on those holy stories, I'm not going to go into the details, but those holy mm-hmm. stories, re- stories really give us the understanding of ourselves. So that will start by, first of all, understanding the nature of a human being. Um, the nature of human a human being is a spirit. And it's a spirit that goes through cycles of reincarnation and we see ourselves coming back uh, to life with a purpose. Now, this is something that anyone with some kind of a spiritual or religious um, background or foundation will kind of agree on the idea of coming to life with a purpose. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Even anyone from an indigenous background, generally anywhere in the world, is going to agree with this notion of reincarnation. It's only no, now that we have these uh, monotheistic religions that we have this idea of a life that only happens one time and then there's an eternity afterwards that mm-hmm. we don't really understand, but we hope that, it'll, <laughs> that we won't end up burning somewhere. <laughs> you know. Um, now, the next thing to understand about a human being is how fragile we are how impressionable we are and hopefully this is something that doesn't really you know because i don't like to try to sell people on a, on what could be considered a belief because when it comes down to that then it's just what i believe versus what you believe mm. um so i want to introduce something that's going to be you know easy to verify or hard to dispute which is how impressionable a human being is. Like when we come to life, regardless of what we might say about our purpose or whatever we think that is, our um, environments play the huge or the major role in determining the direction our lives will take. And that's regardless of whatever our background is, whatever our so-called race is, regardless of what our so-called nationality is. Um, you could be any national nationality, but if you're born in the United States and you're raised in the United States, you're going to be in, you know, functioning, probably like an American, you know, you may, your parents may try to introduce whatever they want to introduce at home, but the influence of the society is something you're not going to escape. Yeah. You know, uh, and speaking of United States, I wanted to correct one thing that I keep hearing a lot, which is that Manu means the United States. Manu is a Medu word that pre-exists any nation, especially the U.S. So uh, Manu is a reference to the continent of uh, North and South America. Um, and then it was incorporated as the Earth Center of Manu because at the time we didn't have an Earth Center in Canada, so I don't know if everyone (laughs) saw that far to think that that might become a contradiction, but um, (laughs) that's that's really how that is right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, We call it the Earth Center of Manu and it's incorporated in the United States, but that's different than saying Manu means United States. Um, Now, uh, if you're in the United States, and um, you're raised in the United States, then whatever the values of the system is going to uh, affect a human being. Nowadays, uh, they teach you in school that if someone tells you that his name is uh, Sally, Sally Mae, then you have to call him Sally Mae, and it's she uh, yeah. her, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, this is something that, you know, okay, I'm not even going to put a judgment on that. I'm not going to uh, touch that as a... Um, as an issue but what i will say is that when i was younger when all of us were young that wasn't something that people considered right but now it's something that children will consider to be normal because it's what's introduced and made normal in the school regardless of whatever your parents may be teaching you that's going to become something you're going to be thinking about so um that's just how impressionable a human being is you know, something that maybe wasn't normal for your parents, the society can introduce them and make it normal to you. Yeah. And um, so everyone is in that situation. And if we understand that, you know, that issue really supersedes any race, any nationality, any other background that you can have It's your exposure. What you're exposed to depends, I mean, really is the big factor in how you will uh, end up functioning in your life. So you, you can be the greatest do-gooder or the greatest evildoer based on the way your society is shaping you. And um, so really that's, I think the biggest reason or the biggest factor in human unity, because there's this po- politic kind of uh, presented to us that, uh especially in the United States, is really bad in the U.S., you know, where it's like American lives are the ones that are important. We're the good ones over here, you know, yeah. and then even, you know, that's really when it comes to the United States against the world. You know, we have this saying like the United States is the greatest country on Earth, you know, and even despite the fact that we have a whole continent called North America and South America, we consider ourselves, we're the Americans. Then the rest of them, they're something else. We don't know what we call them. South America is almost like that doesn't even exist over there. You know? Um, So we don't even think about a South American. It's just Mexicans and then Americans, Canada. That's almost like, you know, who knows, (laughs) you know? So that this, uh, I mean, this kind of arrogance that's, Introduce into uh, a group of human beings. And then um, aside from that, you have within America, all these divisions within America, depending on the political affiliation, religious affiliation, racial affiliation or identification, gender is a big one too. I mean, just male versus female without getting into all the other, you know, new ones that, you know, suddenly we're talking about. So um, we have all these divisions based on, you know, each side, based on their side, will think, oh, we're the good ones. And then the ones over here are the bad ones. Uh, let me let me give an example. Uh, Bill Cosby recently just got out of jail. Oh. and uh, Or prison or whatever. Uh, I don't know what happened with Bill Cosby. I don't know if he did what they said he did or if he didn't. You know, but one thing is for sure, at his age, <laughs> he's not going to be doing that hard. <laughs> so do you really have to keep him in prison yeah. to, uh, to make sure that he doesn't do that? You know, mm-hmm. that's like saying that there's no way a person can change themselves, mm-hmm. you know, like you think whoever is not in agreement with what you're doing, you can just lock them away. And, you know, like Donald Trump, you can somehow put him over here in the corner and we'll never have to hear from them again. Um, but human reality doesn't like, doesn't work like this. Like life is a process of transformation and a human being can change regardless of what, um, our history or background may be, uh, even the history or background of our ancestors may be, um, a human being can change based on receiving new information that can, you know, change how we think and then change how we act. So our, uh, struggle, uh, what we consider to be the battle that we're fighting is first of all, a battle within the self to kind of, uh, make sure that we are, uh, functioning in a way that's, um uh, preserving of life, not destructive to life. And then also, that being the case, we're not going to go out and go to battle with other people Mm -hmm. because if there's, because everybody else who we might say is the evil one, it's only just because of what they're doing. It's not because that's them fundamentally. So it's really a battle. The battle that we're fighting is a battle of ideas. It's not a battle of flesh. It's not a battle of flesh and blood, you know, man on man or, or, whatever, man or woman, or whatever, Um, it's a battle of ideas. So if we can somehow uh, inject ideas into the uh, population, like nowadays, since Master Naba came on the scene, now a lot of people are talking about ancestors. Uh, Before Master Naba came on the scene, you never heard about ancestors.
0: That's right.
2: You see? Uh, now all of a sudden, everyone's talking about the ancestors, and uh, well, I like to say that the the movement that he brought to us had something to do with that.
0: Yeah, 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 definitely.
1: So, duao thank you for sharing some of your thoughts, perspectives, light. Um, that you've gained um, through your journey to now, and um, if it's been what two over two decades or nearly two decades since you've yeah. been on this part of the journey, uh, maybe many more um, that you you walk the path and um, contribute to your own life and others around you, and the civilization that you were seeking to connect back with. Um, and thank you for, for sharing some of those thoughts and perspectives, you know, that will al- allow others to connect with it, too, um, uh, along the way. Um, yeah. Duau, Um And uh, may, may perhaps we can have you on the show again oh, to share yeah. some more. I'm sure there's much <laughs> more um, at some point.
2: Uh, sure. I, I love that.
1: <laughs>
0: and as you were saying um Kasabez, about um when Master Naba left there was four schools and so now we have YouTube and we have um um lectures and and vending and events you missed out we have podcasts too <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yes we have podcasts as well <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, I'll take away many things from what you say. Life, life um, is a process of transformation being one of them. Uh, we're very impressionable. I think this particular topic of the division and bringing back to get, get, helping us to really see the unity and within humanity again, you know, we, we um, versus, uh, the, all of the divisions that are really in front of our faces, noses, eyes, um, ears etc um, is such an important thing for humanity now so dual thank you again um, and um, we appreciate all of your time the listeners um, for um, casting your ear this way um, in amongst all of the other things um, that, t- that take up our attention uh, we will be having ceremony um for the commemoration in all of the temples worldwide on the 15th of Hebs Senni Seni. Um, and people are welcome welcome to, to that too. Um, so uh, we, we look forward to connecting with you all at some some uh, in some way in the future. Um, I'm going to leave you with a some wis wisdom. Gulmu is the, the region, um, the kingship, um, from where from uh, the the kingdom actually that um, Master Naba uh, comes from in East Burkina Faso um, and a region that, that spreads um, much beyond that uh, but this is as follows here uh, just to think about um, the one who is looking for knowledge is like an arrow shot towards the Sun if that arrow ever touches the Sun it will not come back to earth but if it touches the sun and comes back it will no longer be an arrow. I like that one. So thank you once again and uh, we wish you well on your journeys before before the next time.
0: Thank you very much. All right thank you too.
2: Um, well uh, it's always been a great opportunity when um you know you get to share your uh, story and your journey so um i appreciate that as well
1: thank you thank you and iri iri hiru, hiru.
0: so that's it for today um listeners we will be back again with another episode so stay tuned to the coventry podcast
1: bye for now